Greetings and welcome to episode 2.10 of my podcast. It's been quite a while since my last episode. A lot has happened, many good things, new developments, and I've been working a lot and working on my own creative stuff. Certainly one of the biggest changes since my last episode has been that I joined the Senscape team to work under Agustin Cortes on their upcoming epic horror adventure game Asylum. I'll be contributing writing as well as revising texts in close collaboration with Agustin. Agustin is a wonderful team leader. I worked with him previously on the free horror adventure game Serena, which is available on Steam. And that was an extremely fertile and enjoyable creative collaboration. Everyone on that team was great and it's still amazing to me that that game was done from beginning to end in just two months. It came to pretty much exactly two months. And when something is created in that kind of compressed time frame, it creates a great feeling of exhilaration. Something that you write may appear in the build the very next day. And so it's the closest I've come yet to experiencing in real life the exhilaration that the early episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation managed to convey with the holodeck, where when you had an idea, you just spoke it out loud to the computer and you saw the results appear immediately around you. This is my first game writing work in quite some years. I've been concentrating especially on my own creative work, writing and music for the last several years, but adventure games, story-based games are very close to my heart and I grew up playing them and so this is a thrilling project for me to be involved in. These days there are not that many games being made that I would wish to be part of but Asylum is among those few for me. It's a game whose development I followed closely and with interest for the entire time that it's been in development. One downside to this long break from podcasting is that I have clearly let my voice get out of practice and that's something I am now planning to change. I want to be podcasting more regularly so that it can serve that function of being like a daily outlet for me and also to just be talking about the things I want to talk about with the freshness that comes when you do so, when those things are still very current or recent. Another thing that happened in the meantime was this year's virtual FinCon. There was no physical FinCon for the reason that everyone can guess, that froggering virus. Yes, I want to trailblaze the word froggering to use as a mild epithet. Feel free to borrow it. Froggering, as in playing Frogger. Just kidding. And for this virtual FinCon, I was featured as one of the artists in their artist alley with my three books so far. The podcast transcript book for season one, and then two eccentric cartoon style books for all ages that I made last year. 
I haven't mentioned those cartoon books on this podcast, for example, and I'm not featuring them on my website because my current projects and my future interests, the things that I am now going with, are quite different. I achieved with them what I wanted to achieve, but since time is always limited in this life, I need to be concentrating on other things right now. I'm finalizing my symphony. I'm working on another book series, or actually a couple of book series, and my screenplays, of course, and more. I was recently visiting my parents in the small town where I grew up, Gangasniemi. That's where I recorded last episode from the one featuring the night drive or the early morning drive. Technically, it's night, but on the other hand, also technically, it's also morning because at that time of summer in Finland, the sun comes up at 4 a.m. or around that time, so it is already morning, and that's a wonderful time to be awake. And I enjoyed those night drives a lot. I got a lot of driving practice, and when it was time to return to Tampere. My parents came along, and I drove the whole way. So that was the first long intercity drive that I had ever done. It was a drive of several hours from Gangasnemi to Tampere, and it felt good to get that experience now also. While still in Gangasnemi, we also went once when we were driving with my parents also along. We decided to explore some forest roads, and we had an interesting time finding our way out. It was fine, of course, but it's quite humbling and impressive to realize how much forest there really is, not only in Finland in general, but even in this place that I always call a small town. Around that whole town is a lake. Where I swam and rode as a kid, and then there's forest, and more lakes, and more forest and more lakes, all around, and it is really difficult to visualize how vast the forests are. It would really be a serious matter if you got lost in those woods, because you could go on walking for hours in some direction. And if the direction happened to be the wrong one, you would still not be out of the forest. It makes sense that the forest god Tapio, about whom Jean Sibelius also wrote one of his last orchestral works called Tapiola. It makes sense that this forest god is a menacing and ominous presence because if you go into the woods in Finland. You are not going to run into teddy bears having a picnic. You might run into a bear, and like a famous YouTube video shows, you might try cursing at the bear in Finnish, and that might drive the bear off. But that's a risk best not taken. And bears are just something I mentioned incidentally, because the prospect of getting lost in the woods is very real. And you could die that way, so it's not something to be taken lightly. Then, after I had returned to Tampere, I heard from my father that he had actually walked one of these 
paths that we had explored, then we had figured out how two main roads connect through the forest. And my father, who is over 70, he took that 14 kilometer walk. My parents are pretty amazing and I'm proud of them for taking such good care of themselves. Then another development that has been super inspiring and thrilling to me has been that I decided it was time to get my dream creative setup. So I rented a car here in Tambere, a van. That was my first time driving a van and went to one store to get my new computer and to another store, IKEA, to get a really nice, big, sturdy, white desk and a good ergonomic chair. That same day I put together the desk which had over 140 different parts. It also wasn't light but I managed to get all of these things hauled to my apartment by myself. It was a good workout actually. When I had parked the van in the parking lot downhill from my building here, I needed to get all the parts and the computer still to my apartment uphill. But I figured out a MacGyver-style solution by using the city scooters as something to help push them uphill. In a crunch, I would have been able to just carry them all by myself, but I still needed to consider that I needed some strength to be bringing the van back to the place I rented it from, so I decided to be clever rather than go by brute force only. This is the nicest desk I've ever had. It's got a lot of room and I wanted a really minimal style. I like many kinds of furniture and one day I imagined living in a house that would also have quite different style furniture. I have loved many places I've seen and experienced where there's dark wood and bookshelves and lots of stuff. So it's not that I have anything against those things. I can imagine being very happy in that kind of environment as well and that kind of home if one day I am fortunate enough to have a home with someone, someone special. But for my own creative area, the more minimalistic it is, the more fruitful I find it, the more fertile. Because removing the distractions from around you activates your imagination, I find. Or I should say, my imagination, because people are different. And for me, the feeling of clarity and space and brightness and lack of clutter, that's something that feels inspiring and even purifying to me. I feel that's the kind of working setup I want. I'm using the word setup. I got it from David Lynch, who said very smartly that every creative person should have a setup a place that's ready for when you are ready to get to work. It's no good if you have to spend minutes or even longer preparing your work area. 
like clearing your desk to have enough room to work, for example, or getting your tools together, or finding wherever you may have put your headphones or microphone, for example. You need to have those things ready for when the moment comes to get to work. Otherwise, you'll end up losing a lot of inspiration, a lot of the momentum, and in the final analysis, you'll achieve less in life. You'll be able to create less if you don't have a good setup. So that's why I wanted this desk, this chair, and then the most beautiful and best computer I've ever had. I decided I finally do need this computer. I promise this is not just me justifying an expensive purchase. I needed an iMac Pro to do the things I want to be doing. I needed a computer and a large screen to be creating music in particular on. Pro Tools requires a big screen and a powerful computer and a lot of storage space to house all the sound libraries I was talking about in my previous episode. This computer was a real necessity because it would be a lethal bottleneck, lethal to the creative work, if I was working only on my MacBook Pro laptop, on my music, because it simply can't house all the sound libraries, and it would be no good if I had to install one sound library, then create some parts of a track on that, then uninstall it, then install another sound library to have some other instruments and then render those or bounce those parts of the track. It really is necessary to have all of that installed at once. So that was the reason I got this and of course in the long term also it is better to have a desktop computer as well as a laptop. I have been very happy with Apple's products ever since I got my first iPad in around 2010 it must have been, I knew that it would transform my ability to be creative and make many things so much nicer and easier. It liberated me from being tied to a desk. I'm not tied to this desk now. It's simply an additional and super nice addition to what I had before, which is an iPad Pro and a MacBook Pro. With those, I can work on the road, and those are what I had with me during all my travels in recent years. I was able to do my translating work, for example, on those, as well as all my creative stuff. And that's beautiful and a huge luxury. Then, some days after I had got my new setup all set up, I realized I also need a bit more light in my apartment, so I rented another car, this time a passenger car, and went to IKEA again to get some nice lamps. So now I have driven three different passenger cars, two of them many times. I was driving in Gangnamdemi all the time, and the first car I drove was the driving school's car, and. The third of the passenger cars was one I rented here in Dambere to go get the lamps, and then the van I drove 
to go get the computer and desk and chair. It's important to keep getting more driving practice whenever I can, and I also just really enjoy it. But now I have to get going. I'm not sure quite how long I recorded this time. I still didn't cover all my recent activities, but I'm going to start getting into a more regular podcasting schedule again. Thank you for anyone who listened to me once again, and apologies for my voice not really being in the best shape right now. I'm going to keep working on it. I noticed that it helped when I was doing this more regularly. My later episodes were better in this area than, for example, what you are hearing right now. I look forward to continuing this, and as always, good night.